Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that never needs an excuse to have an in-depth conversation about Square Enix games. I'm your host, David Lloyd, and this episode we're taking a critical look at a number of our favorite 8-bit RPGs and putting them up to a modern peer review. Two weeks ago we had some hot takes in regards to the Baldur's Gate ports on Switch. Uh, we argued uh, that they've actually aged past the point of redemption, and uh, we took a little bit of heat because, you know, there are fan favorites to a lot of people out there. So this week, we felt it would be fair to put our own favorite 8-bit RPGs up to the same scrutiny. Uh, Unfortunately, Thirsty Mage regular Jordan Rudick came down with a pretty nasty bug, probably brought on by anxiety since he was uh, expected to talk about the Marsh Cave tonight. Uh, So instead, we have an All-Quebec panel. Uh, The the other gentleman on the panel with me tonight, uh, making his return to the pub, one of the co-hosts of Radio Free Nintendo, and man who's played a few Square games in his day, Mr. Guillaume Biat. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird because I, we're we're going to be defending, uh, you know, our favorite eight bit RPGs. But I could have been on. Well, I could not have been. The reason I could have been in the last episode to talk about stuff like uh, Planescape Torment, but I, I haven't played it in such a long time that I, I probably would have done a really poor job of defending it. You know, uh, but I, I was PC gaming in you know in the era uh, when that came out, and um, uh, Planescape Torment was actually kind of a, a, maybe a little bit too recent for my computer, so uh, it was pretty choppy and everything. But I, it's not like you need an especially powerful computer, or you, you don't especially need um, a, a lag-free experience to, for that game. It's a lot of reading, um, so I still enjoyed it, but. Um, yeah, my, my, my computer had trouble with it. <laughs> it's funny to think the back of the, I remember I was a PC gamer kind of in the 90s too. And yeah, I remember, uh, I think my biggest beef back then was having to, every time a new game came out, I'd have to check the requirements and always felt like something needed an upgrade. Yeah, well, also like PC gaming, I mean, the um, the, the the RPGs that came out, like uh, the, the two that I got really into are Fallout 1 and 2, uh, which I'm, for some reason, I'm counting as one game. And Planescape Torment and uh, Fallout was just so junky, you know, like so <laughs> buggy. And even after like the two major patches that patched out some severe game-breaking bugs, um, it was still kind of, you know, pretty dicey to play it. Like you, you could run into all sorts of bugs, and um, so it's not like it was. It's not like it ran smooth in the first place. No matter how how you know, powerful your rig was. So So you would have defended those games, uh, called us modern gamers that just don't have the patience? I, I you know, I, I, I really can't say. I don't know if I would have <laughs> the patience today to play them. That's the thing. I, I keep thinking, oh I'm gonna play them again. In fact like I, I redeemed like a copy or I bought a copy on good old games back in the day, back when first when Planescape Torment became um available on uh, gog.com, I bought it. And then a few years later, I hadn't touched it. And then Beamdog, I think, um, went and and um, ported it to iPad and like modified it, like kind of smoothed things out. I think gave it a higher resolution and a touchscreen interface or improved the interface in general. And um, I was like, well, that would have been it would have been good for me. It would have been good for me to wait and get that version. But uh, since I never touched the original in the first place, the the untouched version, but yeah. Anyway, all, all this to say that I keep thinking I'm going to go back to it, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, if you do go back to it, that the PC version is probably the best. But 
I actually picked. It's funny that you say that about Fallout because I actually picked up Fallout on Steam uh, like three months ago, and yeah, I, I kind of had the same thing where it's like, oh, this is you know, this is a uh, well received. Uh, it was a big deal back in the day, and it w- it was fine, but yeah, just janky. It's just like, man, like this this is aged. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, since technically the uh, the topic is the eight bit RPGs, uh, maybe we'll start with the drinks now so that we can get into the the actual topic so if uh, guillaume you want to start us off with what you're drinking tonight sure so one of the reasons why i am all over the place and uh barely coherent is because i've had a few sips of uh a, a, a lemon ipa uh by le trèfle noir a microbrewery that i've never heard of before um and it's uh i just uh, I, I like the sour beers uh that's all basically all i know uh, ever since the uh brother-in-law introduced them to me um so i, I just uh, i picked that at the uh the, the local uh, grocery store and uh it's decent enough there's nothing really to it's nothing to write home about it's just a, a sour beer that's good is it it's from california or is it no it's called california Okay, um, but it's a Quebec microbrewery. Yes, yes. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, if you like sour beers, uh, I was in the uh, IGA last week and realized that they now sell Rodenbach Grand Cru in the IGA. Okay. And it's actually, <laughs> so a full liter bottle uh, is cheaper in the Quebec IGA than one glass of it is uh, at the bar in Ontario that I usually drink it at. <laughs> <laughs> so. So I was, I was like happy and disappointed at the same time. But uh, it's, you're, you're it's just worth... gonna sneak in your own bottles <laughs> under your right. coat, you know, like you order one beer and then you just refill it when no one's looking. Yep, just wait for the waiter to walk away and refill my glass every every few minutes. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you like sour beer, that might be that may be one to to take a peek at if you're ever in an IGA. Sure. I also have uh, a Quebec brewery. Uh, one tonight it's from uh the pit caribou is is what it's called my my french is going to might might be chalk on your ears here but it's a uh, blanche de prato sure <laughs> it's uh it's it's kind of the same it's a wit beer so it's a it's like a very light uh wheat beer uh, f- so it's a 4.75 so it's yeah it's pretty light and it has um I, I, it was funny, I was going back to some of the old mages because I thought I should probably actually write down the beers and the games that we were talking about in like a spreadsheet. And then I realized I drink a lot of Dark Amber. <laughs> so I was thinking, uh, nah, let's go with the wheat beer this week. So uh, this it's pretty good. It's uh, got uh, kind of like notes of coriander and citrus. So it's it, it's uh, it's a nice light beer. And uh, it, it has a big backstory to of why it was named the way it is, but... Uh, yeah, we don't really. I'm just gonna skip that because I'm not. I'm not too worried about. It. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I actually, I actually had to translate it from French to English, and you never can trust the Google Translate. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, why don't we kick it off with? Um, we're gonna start with. Uh, well, if you'd like to start off with our first eight bit RPG, and uh, yours is actually on the Game Boy. It is. It is because as a kid, I never owned an NES. Uh, I played the NES at friends' houses uh, all the time. Um, in fact, maybe that influenced who I became friends with most of the time. Oh, you have a <laughs> Nintendo. Interesting. Can we hang out? Um, but my dad, I think mostly, uh, we only had one TV at home and that was the main thing. My dad was not against video games. He was against me monopolizing the TV. Um, and so, uh, I never had an NES, but when the Game Boy came out, I got that. 
And uh, so he didn't, uh, he, he didn't have an issue with that as long as it's, you know, I've got my own screen and I'm not uh, taking up the, the living room. So um, the, uh, my game is Final Fantasy Legend 2. And uh, that's because, so one of my friends who owned an NES had a cool cousin who also was a nerd. Somehow, like, he was nerdy. He liked whatever, like Dungeons and Dragons and, and RPGs. Uh, but mm-hmm. he was also, like, good-looking, so he was a hit with the ladies, and he played basketball, <laughs> so it's like, uh, uh, nowadays... The total package. Yeah, yeah, so so he was, like, someone to look up to, but at the same time, uh, someone who uh, had very nerdy tastes, and so my friend looked up to his cousin, and was uh, his cousin was playing Final Fantasy on the NES, so my friend said, you know, for Christmas, you, sh- you should really ask for Final Fantasy on the Game Boy. And so I did. And uh, so one particular Christmas, I got uh, Metroid 2 and Final Fantasy Legend 2, which is, the, I guess, the game that was on the shelves that my mom could find. And so uh, let me tell you, that was a really confusing Christmas <laughs> for me because the Metroid 2 was super opaque. You know, it's very easy to get lost because your your sprite is so big and it's a labyrinth. So it's just... Uh, I, I made it a little way into Metroid 2. I was like, okay, I am completely lost. So let's start the other game. And then I realized that Final Fantasy is uh, very text-based and that I have no idea what an RPG is. So... <laughs> And also, I don't really know English. You know, I've had maybe like a one, like grade four, I think, is when we start getting uh, English courses in school in Quebec. And so probably I knew my farm animals, but that was about it. Um, so making sense of an RPG, not so easy. Uh, but eventually, you know, like going back to Metroid 2, getting confused by that, like I, I, I saw that I had no choice if I had... If I wanted to tough it out until my birthday, which was in five months, I was going to have to play Final Fantasy. And so uh, armed with like a Harrop's French-English, you know, mini dictionary, uh, I I, I kind of uh, took it upon myself to just like look up all the terms that I didn't, which I didn't understand and uh, just try to decipher exactly what was going on. Um, that's dedication right there yeah yeah and uh, i you know like i had more patience again uh back in those days i don't know if i would have that patience now but um (laughs) it was uh i don't know i think fondly uh back to that time because it was um i i think that the fact that i didn't really know what was going on um helped me kind of uh picture things that weren't really happening in the game or um, kind of gave it uh, a mystique, you know, like, a oh, I'm playing a game that's way above my my level. Uh, this is so cool. And, you know... It's I, like reading War and Peace. Yeah, basically. You know, like, you, you feel like you're... <laughs> not that you're doing something that you're not supposed to, not that it's taboo, but that... that like basically, like okay, I'm, I've been thrown into the the deep end, and I gotta figure it out somehow. And it was kind of a, yeah, I don't know. It was a. I think it helped me uh, learn English um, in some ways. Although the 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 game is riddled with English and and just bad translations. Um, so <laughs> uh, eventually, like hopefully, I didn't learn too many uh, bad uh, 
too much bad English for, from it. But uh, so it was kind of limited also in the English that it, it could teach me. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was a it was a, a formative experience for me playing that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like when I saw you put it on the list, I decided to pick it up mm. um, just just so that I'd have kind of the experience of it. And that that was one of the things that came out that kind of um, stood out for me like very early on was like wow it's like man there's a lot of text in this game like when you do the battle um it's very descriptive on um like this person is attacking this person they do this much hit damage Mm -hmm. and then and then you just kind of keep going through until you go through all uh, all the uh, the different characters and uh, it definitely feels like a final fantasy yeah it does yeah because you have that it's you have that party of four yeah you've got that party of four you've got um the um yeah, I mean, like the text that's scrolling, it's not that much different from Final Fantasy, the first one on the NES. Um, instead of having the, the numbers just popping out of the enemies on the screen, you, you see everything is kind of spelled out at the bottom. But it, it does have like a different view. It's kind of like, uh, I guess uh, it's supposed to be first person. You don't get in the battles, you don't get a background for the enemies, but you do see kind of the, these big enemy portraits. And uh, they look really good uh, f- for the most part. They're very detailed. They're very cartoony. But uh, yeah, and like y- you can basically get only three groups of enemy at a time, but, but they-, they stack up. So you'll see like maybe one eagle on your screen, but there might be three of them uh, as a group, you know, and um, some of your like most of your attacks, most of the weapons that you use will only hit one enemy within one group usually the basically the top of the stack right but uh yep. certain spells will attack all the enemies in a group and some spells will attack all the groups all three groups so uh yeah that's basically kind of the extent of the strategy there just like do, do i use my weapons or do i use a, a spell that will just like clear the screen but then i you know, I got to tough it out. I got to make it until the end of that dungeon and then come back to the end to be able to recharge. Yeah, that was that was one of the things that um, I had uh, It actually threw me off right off the bat was that um, I didn't re- notice right away that the, there was like there was one sprite and it's it's the sprites are pretty cool for especially for that time. Uh-huh. Um, but didn't realize that, yeah, there was, there was three of the one character. Yeah. So, um, I was with, um, the teacher that helps you right off the bat. So the teacher had killed, like I said, you know, teacher uses, um, I think it was Blizzard and it says, uh, the, you know, monster dies and then, and then the monster hit me and I'm like, Hey, Hey, what, what happened here? The monster just died. Right. And I, it took me a second to realize, Oh, there's three. It's just, they're not showing the three. It's just three of that particular one. Yeah. Yeah, and then the um, and it's funny that like you're saying with the the inventory because it's that is definitely um, different from the original Final Fantasy with where that the um, the attacks are like have limited use like it's it's um, you you need to kind of stack a bunch of weapons and and it's almost like Breath of the Wild in in the sense that you only get so many hits with the weapon and then it destroys yeah or just you can't use it anymore yeah but it never really becomes a problem um so yeah so this game is uh the director is uh akitoshi kawazu who's uh infamous or famous for being like uh you know one of the the the, the director of final fantasy 2 which many people uh, consider to be the the worst one uh but he's also created the, the the saga series and final fantasy legend of course is saga it's just that it was localized as final fantasy legend when they brought it to uh the 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 western market 
And so, uh, so this is a saga game, and um, the I think that if you say saga to different gamers, it's going to conjure up different uh, ideas of what they are, like depending on which ones they've played. I know that Unlimited Saga is pretty infamous for for being really tough and uh, just opaque, just being. I don't know. Apparently, it was not very good. I've never played it. So that was on the PlayStation. And I, I, I think that a lot of people who uh, started playing uh, RPGs with uh, Final Fantasy VII or who kind of knew Square as someone who makes games like Final Fantasy VII, uh, some of them might have picked up Unlimited Saga and realized like, oh, wait, I'm not into this at all. <laughs> um, but so that's Unlimited Saga. But on the Super NES, there's the kind of the, the trio of uh, romancing saga games. And uh, I'm not sure what exactly the difference is with uh, romance between Romancing Saga and the Saga games on the Game Boy, uh, but I do know that at least one of those you have eight uh, main possible main characters, and uh, depending on which one you select, you're going to start in a different place in a different kingdom. You're going to get a different story, and um, yes, that, that that seems to be kind of the. the conceit behind uh the the romancing saga games you've always got like these eight heroes and they meet up somehow uh and then they they they, they uh save the world or they destroy it uh because from what i've seen uh in the trailer for romancing saga 3 which is coming out on switch very soon it looks like maybe like the the set of he eight heroes in one of the games uh turned out to be evil And so, like, the, the, the trailer for the third game is like, well, this time will they be good or will they be evil? Who knows? <laughs> uh, so, uh, so That's intriguing to me. Uh, I also know uh, um, Saga Scarlet Grace, uh, which was on Vita, is going to be coming to Switch right. in um, a couple of weeks as well. Yeah. It, uh, so I'm look I, got, I got that one on my list. I'm going to be playing it when it comes. Yeah, I, I've seen uh, people excited for that one, so I assume it's a good one. But I, um, I really don't have... I hope so. Yeah, I, I don't have uh, any kind of notion of what would make it better than uh, Unlimited Saga or, or Romancing Saga, since I haven't played those. Yeah, well, it's funny, uh, and it's very topical, too, because I know Jeremy Parrish just t tweeted today, I think it was today or yesterday, about that he has a, a high affinity for that series. Um, right. But the under the understanding of it's like, it is a tough series, mm -hmm. but worth it sort of attitude. So, so, yeah, so that's the thing, right? The Saga games are known for being really tough. And that, I think that's deserved uh, because it, it does have systems that it doesn't explain to you. And also, uh, I know that the first Romancing Saga game, at the very least, has this thing where if you battle too much, if you grind too much, uh, and it's not said to you early on in the game, it's never explained to you, but at some point, if you get like into 400 battles or whatever, all of a sudden the enemies will become like twice as hard. And oh, yeah, and you will not be able to finish the game, basically, is my understanding. Uh, I, I, I actually own a remake of the first game on PlayStation 2. Um, so it's got like the, the, the polygonal graphics and everything. Like it got a really good treatment. It got voice acting. Um, it's a good remake. But yeah, like so I started it. I was really confused. I look at a few game facts and I realize, oh, wait, maybe I don't want to be playing this <laughs> because this sounds like <laughs> torture or it sounds cruel, right? Yeah. Well, it, does, it sounds like a big tease. It's like, oh, you've been enjoying the game so far? Well, 
Yeah, yeah exactly. So <laughs> I don't like uh, Kawazu's games uh, because it, when they're that way. But Final Fantasy Legend 2, I beat it as a kid who didn't even know English. So the, I guess the thing that I want to say on this podcast is that if you want to start with an easy saga game, uh, this is it. And you don't need to know all the systems. I didn't know them when I was a kid. I figured a few things out. I didn't figure everything out, but I didn't need to. And so, uh, yeah, I, that, that would be my recommendation. Play Final Fantasy Legend 2, and you'll get a taste of what a saga game kind of is. Um, some of the time, like, they're, they're all very different, but, you know. Well, and it's a good length, too. Like, it's about five to six eight hours I think? yeah to, to me as a kid it was much longer because i was just uh basically checking every wall and everything i thought there would be it's a little bit part of uh what i said earlier that it had this mystical quality to it because i i, mm. I was like well surely there's a reason why there's these sprites of bookcases in every house maybe one of them has a book that i can read they didn't but i i was just i needed to the, the the world of that game was so tantalizing. I needed to find everything, and I just uh, yeah, I was kind of like inventing systems that actually weren't in the in, in the game. Like I I, I thought <laughs> like surely there's yeah there's some secret here, and there never was. But uh, as the peer reviewer of of uh, of your choice, I have to say I, this was a good choice because when I even when I played it for the hour or two. Uh, I think I did about an hour and a half. I got to the um, uh, the first dungeon and got just absolutely trounced by some lizards. Okay. And then realized, oh, I, I better like grind a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where I, I stopped off. But but yeah, like right away, the, the things I noticed was uh, uh, the sprites were interesting. There seemed to be a lot of nice choice at the beginning. Like you have your choice of eight, like of eight characters, you, you can choose the type of character like a human or robot or a mutant. Um, mm-hmm. there was already an interesting thing. I chose the dragon as one of, one of the people in my party. Yeah. And then there was like food that was being dropped and then the dragon <laughs> kept changing into other things. Yep. And I'm like, what's happening? Yep. <laughs> he's like, he was a dragon and now he's like a wolf man. I'm like, I have no idea what just happened, but right. I'm having fun. Um, yeah, no, the, it, yeah, the sprites look good. And yeah. So basically the, the human characters, uh, they, uh, they can only equip things, so they don't have any special abilities. But they're, I think, they're usually stronger and have more agility than the the mutants, quote unquote. Uh, so yeah, so the human characters, you, you gotta equip them, and uh, the equipment is pretty expensive in this game. So uh, maybe you don't want just uh, humans on your team. The mutants uh, are uh, magic users, and the interesting thing here is that they can equip equipment. And you want to equip some things because otherwise their inventory can be uh, completely clogged up with useless skills. Okay. Because at the end of a, uh, a battle, sometimes like you'll get a message like so-and-so got uh, this many XP, uh, HP more. Um, you yep. know, or, or this this guy got stronger, got more strength. The mutants can gain abilities, and abilities are not always uh, something that you can use. Like, sure, you do get spells like uh, fire or flame, which is kind of the the sc- uh, screen clearing version of fire. But um, you can also get something that's like X uh, poison. And I'm not even sure. I haven't looked it up, but I think X might be a bad thing. I think it might be that you're vulnerable to poison. And then there's like a, oh, a, yeah, a, a kind of a circle and poison, and that would be the opposite. So those are passive uh, skills. 
And um, yeah, like you, you, you never know what you're gonna get. You never know why you're getting it. Uh, I was using my my flame spell all the time, and at some point, the uh, the, the the game cheerfully announces that uh, now I got a resistance to fire. Like I lo- lose the, the fire spell, and I get a resistance to fire. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I, I was using that. So thanks for nothing, you know, and the, the, the resistance to fire is not something I can use to kill enemies. So um, yeah, thanks for nothing. So yeah, so that, that, that can be annoying, but you kind of, you just have to roll with it and hope that in the next battle, you're going to get something that's useful. And then you've got the robots, which all their stats are determined by what they have equipped. So, you know, of course, like if you equip, equip um uh, you know, new armor on them, they're going to get uh, more more health and more uh, defense. But like if you equip certain weapons, they're going to get more strength or they're going to get more agility. They can't use spells, so they've got no uh, mana. But uh, also the robots, so I, I guess they equip the equipment that you get. And by equip, I mean like they must integrate them in some way because they, if you give them a sword that has 50 uses, uh, you give it to a robot, all of a sudden it's got 25 uses. Uh, but <laughs> if you go rest at an inn, it's going to recharge just like a spell. So that's the trade-off there. So that that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, the monsters, so which like the the dragon that you mentioned that you got, uh, are mostly useless as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the 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 system like where they change into other monsters is very opaque. Uh, but you can look it up. There's like some logic to it that they didn't explain, uh, like in the game's manual or anything. But when I was a kid, I was just I quickly learned that uh, the uh, my party would be better off without uh, a monster in it. Yeah, I'm thinking I might have to uh, restart and and re rechoose some of my uh, party. I I ended up my main character was uh, the human girl. Uh, I chose a mutant, a robot, and the dragon. Sure. Yeah, and the, like the, the 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 monsters can't equip anything, and uh, yeah, they're kind of mostly useless. They might have some interesting re- uh, resistances or, or whatever, but I I don't know. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the I guess the last thing I would say about Final Fantasy Legend Two is that it probably has uh, the best soundtrack for a Game Boy game that I've ever heard. Oh, it's so good! Like, yeah, can, can you believe that the Game Boy can produce that many notes this fast? Like the the sound crack. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, the, like it was crazy. I'm like, what am I listening to? Is this is this real? Like it doesn't seem like a Game Boy soundtrack. Yeah, and it's just uh, the I don't know. Like there's a few kind of uh, more quiet songs that are slower, but for the most part, like it's got like really fast tempo and really uh, I don't know. It's kind of mind blowing. Uh, Aito and uh, Uimatsu, like they they figured out the Game Boy man because that that soundtrack is. Yeah, and the it's dynamite. when you played this on the Game Boy, and you, you use the 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 included earbuds uh, with like the very tinny sound, it was just like you could really hear the stereo, and it was just like okay, now the this note is in this ear, and that note is in that ear, and this ear, and that ear, and like it, they, they, I don't know, it was kind of <laughs> like it was a uh, it was trippy almost uh, playing that with the headphones. But um, I, I just want to sell the people on the story a little bit because it's got such an interesting world. Like you, you start out, you're just this kid. Your dad is waking you up in the middle of the night and he's just like, hey, I'm going to be gone for a while. Uh, and, I, and like you're just like, uh, what? what? <laughs> What's going on? I'm still asleep. <laughs> and then like he goes out the window and 
One year later, you tell your mom, hey, I'm going to go look for dad. So you set out, uh, your teacher explains to you that uh, the, the Maggie is, uh, or Magi, or Magi, I don't know how to say this, uh, is composed of 77 pieces that form the, the statue of the goddess Isis. And you're like, okay, I, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, and like, oh, people are using uh, Magi to become new gods. Uh, and like, oh, okay, I... I assume that's bad. Um, and so throughout the game, you're, you, you keep killing different gods. Uh, for instance, like in the uh, in the second world, Ashura is the, the the god that you're facing against, and I think it's a Hindu god. But soon enough, like you'll you'll face like the uh, the, the the Greek gods, and uh, when you die. Have you had the party wipeout yet? Oh yeah, yeah. So yes. you, you, yeah. When the lizards pounded me, I, I ran into Odin. Yeah, you, you run. Yeah, you go to Valhalla, and Odin revives yeah. you, and he's just like, "You want to try that again?" And like, yeah. And so you can start that. As long as over. you fight him one day, he said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. He's like, "You fight me one day, I'll revive you now." And I'm like, "Sure." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I got put back. I got put right back in the same. It was like um, the battle just restarted o- over again. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the, I don't know, like it's, it's very trippy. The, the first Final Fantasy Legend, which I've never played personally, but, uh, I think the whole story is that you're climbing up this giant tower and the tower can contain like, it's basically this, each, uh, each floor of the tower basically contains a world. Like you can have like a desert or whatever. You've got towns inside like one floor of the tower. And so you climb up the tower and your ultimate goal is to go kill God or the creator or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, there's this uh, uh, person I follow on Twitter, uh, Finchikens. Uh, they're a really big fan of the Final Fantasy, uh, you know, Game Boy games, and uh, they they posted some screenshots of the ending at some point. And uh, not only was the last boss referred to as God, but also and the creator, but also as like developer or something. Like basically, oh, really? God is also the programmer of this game. So oh, it was, nice. yeah, it was surprisingly meta. And then Final yeah. Fantasy Legend 2, it's just like, yeah, okay, one god, we killed it. Uh, no, now let's go kill all the gods. And so I'll always, I don't know, I'll probably like on my deathbed, I'll still have memories of uh, chucking grenades at Venus and, and killing her <laughs> because it's just, it's the kind of imagery that, that sticks in your mind, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. Well, I I would say uh, I think we started off with a strong strong uh, title here because I think like personally having just played it for a couple hours I, I think this passes the the modern gamer test I guess like the is it worth playing today test Yeah, I, I, you know I picked it up again and I, I just uh, I'm kind of surprised at how much I'm I can get back into it and it's 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 got some nice things that um, the most old school RPGs don't have you know like we mentioned the the thing about Odin reviving you. Uh, that's good. Also, mm-hmm. like there, there's like certain situations where the game will warp you to where you need to be. Uh, like some some character is just like, hey, you gotta come. Like this cleric is uh, sick, and it just warps you to her temple. And it's like, okay, cool. You didn't make me trek all the way back to her. Uh, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and it was um, the the other thing I found right off the bat was it was very clear on what I was supposed to be doing. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, oh, you know, just go west to this place over here and meet this person. I'm like, okay. So then I went and met her. And then she's like, oh, yeah, well, now you have to go down to this rock and take four steps west and three steps north, south. And 
you'll find the place. I'm like, okay. And so then, and it was like easy to find. And so, yeah, so, so far it's, it's been very approachable. Like it's, it's, it's not one of those games where it's like, if you don't have a FAQ in front of you, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's fairly linear. Of course, the, yeah. uh, when you got the game originally, uh, you had maps also of the first uh, few worlds. So you even had that to, to help you out. Like you didn't have to figure out the dungeons. You had the maps of the dungeons. So I'm sure you can find like uh, pictures of that online uh, if you feel like you, you, you need the assistance. Um, for yeah, for navigating, yeah, I've, but I've, but the dungeons are simple, so yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of the websites with that have like the old manuals that you can see PDFs of and stuff. So yeah, they're out there. Cool. Yeah, well, that's great. That's a. Uh, I'm glad you brought that one up. It was a fun. I'm glad I have it now, and I I'm I'm gonna play through it when I get get a chance. It was it was fun to play so far, and I'm looking forward to diving into it. I think it's pretty much downhill from here, though, because oh, no. <laughs> the next one, uh, I don't think either of us are going to have too too many fond memories of. Uh, it's it's We're going to talk about Jordan's briefly here, just because uh, he did bring it up. Um, unfortunately for Jordan, he's not here to defend it, though. It's Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. So this is this is an NES title that I, I've tried so many times. Uh, like, I've probably played the game 30, 40 times, but I never... I, like I get a little bit further each time and then I just I just give up because mm. <laughs> I'm just like it's the combat is janky I don't feel like it's all that clear on where where exactly you're supposed to be doing or going right it, yeah it's just a weird one I, I don't I don't know if you have a whole lot of experience with it uh, the last time I tried to play it was uh, on a plane I think I had managed to get through the NES Zelda the first one on my uh, 3ds. Because I, I guess I had bought it, or maybe it was the, uh, you know, the ambassador rewards. Uh, I don't know if you've got those. You know what I'm talking about? Like the 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 3DS when it came out was a flop. Like basically, uh, Nintendo priced at fifty dollars too much, uh, higher than it should have oh, been, yeah. and so they they dropped the yeah. price pretty quickly. But also they kind of scrambled to produce uh, more games for it because the initial lineup was not very good, and there was also the ambassador program. So for the to to as a consolation oh, prize yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah as a consolation prize yeah. for those who bought the game uh, the 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 3DS for $50 too much you could get through Club Nintendo or whatever it was called at the time yeah you could read you could get basically 10 NES games and 10 GBA games and uh Zelda and Zelda 2 were two of the, those games i think so yeah so i yeah. I, I, I tried to play it and i i, I I quickly on the plane, like I couldn't easily uh, look up FAQs. Um, I didn't get, you know, I didn't have a data signal or anything, and I didn't want to pay for the in-flight Wi-Fi, and so <laughs> I, I think that that put an end to to my quest pretty pretty rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I feel like you need it because like the dungeons. I mean, the ones that I played anyway, they. There's like no discernible markings that kind of let you know where you are and you're going up and down elevators and you're you're kind of like backtracking all the time it feels like and then yeah and then the combat I just wasn't thrilled with because it's like there's like the big guy I guess like you're aiming at at the enemy and there you can either s- slash directly at them mm-hmm. or you can bend down and try to get clip them in the knees sure and it and it's always just a random like okay well is is he going to try to hit me like in the gut or in the knees and you basically have to juggle that with like with you doing it and usually like my strategy was just kind of like the the cowardly jump at him and try to hit him in the head and then run away yeah 
and uh, <laughs> it just got very very old very quick so it's, yeah like yeah, that, people that's... people like to make fun of urban champion it's a kind of a punching bag but what is this game's combat system if not urban champion in a way yeah. it's just a uh, high high attack or low attack and you kind of yeah. alternate those and uh you hope that the enemy is not blocking them uh but i i, I do know that eventually like you get uh you moves you get the downward thrust um uh, that seems kind of fun. I, I, I think I've used that in um, NES. Oh, what is that called? The kind of like the 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 the, the mini games that use. Uh, how do I even explain this? Uh, whatever. It, it was on the Wii U, and then on the 3DS. It was kind of it was using NES games uh, to set up like these little challenges that you had to to pass. Oh, uh, NES Remix. Remix. Jesus. Okay. Yes. And yes, remix. Yeah. So you know, like he, it kind of has you um, practice your downward thrust and everything like that. So I've done that, but yeah, that, that's basically that might be the best way to experience it. Yeah, probably in short, short doses. Basically, so. play all the uh, Zelda two inspired mini games in NES Remix, and then um, use the special save on the NES Online uh, games to to basically face off against Ganon, I guess. Uh, without having to actually work for it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just. I guess I'll just have to give it a thumbs down on the, whether it's worth in the modern age for now, and let Jordan. Uh, I, he'll have a. He'll have his opportunity to defend it on a future episode. I guess. Yeah, I. I, I will say that I, I want to play it, but I, I want to play a version of it that's maybe like has the edges smoothed out a lot, and so yeah. like this would be a perfect candidate for a remake, but. Will we ever see that? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say, but we'll we'll have to. That's that's the where I am too. Well, I'll wait for the remake if it ever comes. So, um, and the final one before the main topic is uh, is my childhood RPG, and uh, I, I actually it, it's one of three. It's it's. Uh, I remember I was in a hockey tournament once, and uh, I my dad was doing clothes. I think we were there for like three days, so he was using the laundry and. When he was putting our clothes into the, the uh, washing machine, he had seen that there was a blue... I don't even think the label was on it at the time, but there was a blue Game Boy cartridge, and he knew it was a Game Boy cartridge. So he gave it to me, and that was my first experience with Pokemon Blue. Huh. And uh, so... I, and I was immediately, like, just drawn to it. it it's funny, like, I, I'm kind of in the crowd of um, enjoying Pokemon, the strategy behind it, mm-hmm. and and not giving it about like the actual pokemon right um like i really don't i'm not like i've never been one who uh collects the pokemon or or it has an affinity to any of any particular like you know pikachu or charizard or whatever like i like i know who they are but i i have no like i don't have a favorite um to me it's like there's fire types there's water types it's all the strategy behind it that i got really into Mm-hmm. And uh, Pokemon Yellow was my favorite because I could get all three starters um, on my team, where like without trading with other people, because I I really didn't have um, anyone to trade with when I was a kid. Sure, like I had a Game Boy, but a lot of my friends um, actually had like Game Gears and stuff, and uh, or they had Game Boys and they just didn't have the games that I liked. Uh, I, I was kind of a, in a sports crowd, so that's kind of where the thing their games gravitated towards. Right. But yeah, Pokemon Yellow is my my eight bit. Uh, other than the the main one that we'll talk about later, but and uh, it's it's I don't know. It, it, looking at it in a modern perspective, it's 
like I could play it in my sleep. Like I know where everything is, and I've I, I remember like I've done so many different combinations of teams uh, to get through everything. And I I'm I like I beat the game, and I'm like done. I don't I'm not too worried about the post game content. Mm-hmm. But with since like every Pokemon game after that is pretty much the same to a certain degree, <laughs> it's kind of hard to be like yeah you should play Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> Well, do you think that maybe, uh, and I don't know because I don't really play Pokemon, but might there be a certain simplicity to the original that is, uh, because I, I know that they added new things in the, the, the GBA games and everything, right? Like there's uh, berries and stuff like that, that and that was not yeah. in the original, right? Well, it's definitely like, because that's the thing is I found that the later Pokemon titles the 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 addition of those kind of things like berries um breeding and yeah breeding like there's they they've added in things to to kind of make it easier or quicker i guess to uh, manipulate the stats of the pokemon mm-hmm. so so i guess like really the only way to to build up your pokemon to a certain degree i guess is, like the way i did it anyway it was just like good old fashioned grinding it's like okay i you know I want a fire type, a water type, a grass type. And if I want these guys like powerful, I'm just going to have to grind it out and level them up. And I remember um, having where I like I would start with one Pokemon to just start the battle and then I'd swap them out for my most powerful Pokemon just so that he would like split the XP with with the other ones just to kind of get people off uh, to, to get them going sort of thing and sure. get their stats up. And uh, so, I mean, again, it's one of those things like when you're a kid, you got time, you don't mind. Yeah. And so I'd be playing it on like the bus ride to, you know, I'd be going from like Peterborough to Toronto or something and it'd be like, oh, I got an hour and a half. What else am I going to do? I'm just going to grind some Pokemon uh, types and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically where I'm. And uh, yeah, it's it's hard to, I don't know. Like, I know there's the, the Pokemon um, fan base is, is kind of all over the place, I find, with like whether playing gen one is worth it or if it's overrated like depending on who you talk to it's you can get different answers for different like everyone seems to have their favorite gen sure yeah so and uh i think like i'm pretty sure i'm i'm uh, only until recently i i've actually been playing like i uh played ruby i think it's like ruby sapphire or something like those ones i played them like long after they came out mm-hmm. um played xy and they all feel pretty similar to me other than like XY I think had the mega evolution and then the sun and moon had the, uh, uh, the, the wristband thing. Like it shows how, how dedicated I am to the Pokemon. <laughs> I can't hear. <laughs> right. Oh, the Z moves. <laughs> the Z moves. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's one of those things where it's like, I love the strategy of them. Uh, so that's, that's what's, that's what I, uh, picked them up for. But, um, the rest of the stuff is just, is just kind of there for me. So yeah, I'm not, uh, for me, Pokemon Yellow is is uh, got the nostalgia where I could I could play it today. Like I can pick it up and play it today and be perfectly content. And that was why I I enjoyed uh, Pokemon Let's Go on the Switch. Hmm. Was it was kind of along those lines, basically, with some modern changes uh, that I'm sure. I guess that would be the thing is like I could say that uh, you know Pokemon Yellow is worth playing, but then at the same time, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu is basically a remake of Pokemon Yellow, right? With modern comforts, so. Maybe just play that game. Yeah, I uh, my my history with Pokemon was pretty limited. I think I, I was like, I was starting college when um, the games finally came out on, on the Game Boy. Um, 
in the uh, in North America. And so I, I think I, I probably didn't want to be seen playing Pokemon or something. Um, <laughs> but also, I, I don't think I had my Game Boy anymore at that point. Uh, it was kind of, a, yeah, I had given up, uh, given it up a, a long time ago. So I didn't play it when it originally came out. And then I got into the GBA when that came out. And um, I, I picked up Fire Red, the remake of uh, Red. Um, and I, that, that's the only Pokemon game that I've played through and I enjoyed it to a point, but I definitely didn't feel like I needed to ever play another Pokemon game again. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I beat the, uh, uh, the last four or whatever, the, uh, ultimate four. What are they called? Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. And, oh yeah. Elite, Elite, Elite four. four. And, uh, yep. okay. I, I'm done with this. I don't feel the need to compulsively collect all these Pokemons. And, uh, I don't feel the need to, to battle against anyone. And I, I don't think I'm going to revisit the story. So I just, uh, then traded it in and, um, they did rope me back in with the, whatever version of the game had a, uh, uh the Poke Walker. But then I never really used that either, and uh, oh, traded yeah. that in, and then, uh, and then uh, recently uh, through the, my my library, I did give a shot to uh, Let's Go Pikachu, but I played it maybe for an hour. I named my my Pikachu uh, Ryan Reynolds, and so that made uh, <laughs> my girlfriend and I chuckle for a bit, and then uh, and then we st- <laughs> that was uh, basically it. That was the the most. Uh, yeah, probably the most fun that we could hope to get from that game. I, I, I asked her like, "Do you think you're gonna be playing this?" And she's not really interested. And I was like, "Okay, like if, if I was gonna get into Let's Go Pikachu, it would have been because of the co-op element." But um, since she yeah. was not interested, I was like, "Yeah, okay, I, I, I've got other games to play." Yeah, well, that's the thing is, um, I, I kind of wondered if my kids were gonna get into it because they they liked the Pokemon, but they, they don't they don't really play the game. And then, yeah, with having the co-op and, and having um, kind of more interactive when you're doing, like, the, the throwing motion and stuff. But mm-hmm. they it was they had the same reaction there. We played it for about 20 minutes. And they're like, yeah, this is fun, Dad. Uh, is this something else we can play? Or, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so so it, didn't, it didn't last long. So, uh, so ultimately, you don't think... Uh... Yeah. So so you said instead of playing the original, play Let's Go, but then don't play Let's Go. So don't play Pokemon. <laughs> I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, I think I think Pokemon is one of those franchises where it's you just know, like you don't you don't if you played one and you it once you played one, I feel like that's enough. Like you either ha- like the like the style or the strategy or whatever, or you just don't like it, and and you don't need to be like, oh well, the new one's coming out, maybe I'll like it. It's like no, you're not gonna like it. It's it's the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's it's easy to know if you like it or not, and. Uh, and because they don't change much, it's like you're good. So yeah. So that's that's what I would say to people is, uh, I guess uh, if you enjoy Pokemon but you haven't played it, maybe give it a try. But yeah, I, I think if you've played Let's Go, you you probably gotten the the general idea of it. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if it holds up. But I think if we were going to rank the three, I'd say that that your Final Fantasy Legend is probably a pick of the pick of the three if you if you're looking for something old that you want to give a try. Yeah, it's so weird. I would not have expected that, but yeah, it, it kind of, it, it's held up better than most games of that era, and it's I think it, it's kind of held up better than any of the saga games that came out after. Uh, at least when you're like me and you don't 
enjoy uh, being tortured by an RPG, then uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy Legend 2 is your best bet. takes us to uh, the main topic of the evening, which is uh, we always like uh, any reason that we can bring up the original Final Fantasy. Speaking it's, of being uh, tortured it, by an RPG. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a mage favorite. It's the, uh, yeah, the original Final Fantasy for the NES. Um, yeah, that's, I mean... Uh, it's too bad Jordan was sick because I know he had the he's kind of has the same history with me where it's like that was the big one for us is uh, is for for definitely for the eight bit and what what got us into RPGs um, the uh, yeah that Final Fantasy is just uh, so the the one for for the purposes of this uh, episode I actually went back and played the version on the NES Classic mm-hmm. uh, which is a faithful reproduction of the original. I, I just don't like the, the copy I have is oh it's gotta be I guess it's thirty years it's is it thirty years old now it's like ninety something nine early nineties so it'd be it'd be old so I'm yeah. I'm not all that confident in the battery holding a save sure so so and, and on top of that um the uh, I don't know if how easy it is to connect RCA uh, connections to a modern television these days. Yeah, you can probably buy some sort of a HMI cable for NES. Um... Like you'd be surprised, but uh, yeah, still, um, yeah, I know I understand. And yeah, like if you've got the NES Classic, might as well use it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has the save states and the HDMI, and uh, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, like for me, it's I think it's if if you're going to if I had to name the best eight bit RPG, that would be my pick. I just think it has all the things that people enjoy today, like the turn based. It has kind of your standard uh, four-party system. It has the turn-based combat that everyone enjoys, or that everyone that likes JRPGs anyway enjoys. It has uh, fantastic enemies. The sprites are uh, terrific. Mm. I, I feel... Now, I know when I was a kid, I ended up... I had the, the strategy guide, the Final Fantasy strategy guide, so I used it. But, but playing now, like it still feels like like you're always directed on where to go like you're not really just kind of walking around wondering what to do right yeah it flows pretty logically uh from one place to the other right like the you always get like some character in some town hinting at something that you should be doing right like oh my buddy is studying these ruins or whatever um and so it kind of lets you know that uh, at some point when you're going to have to translate some ancient language, uh, you're going to have to look up that person or something, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Well, and then even early on with, uh, uh, like, you walk past the witch's house and then you're like, okay, I'm probably going to have to see her at some point. And then you find out, oh, well, she's got, like, the herb that helps the elf king. And so you're like, okay, well, where's the herb? And like, oh, well, it's over in that uh, that cave over there. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, so it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's very. Or actually, sorry, the the herb. You have to go talk to the the other elf king, and then he tells you it's in the cave. And, right. 
No, it's uh, it's pretty well. Um, so, so the last time that I've played this game was uh, not the original version. It was the GBA version, uh, the Dawn of Souls version, and so that's a remake that was originally made, I think, for the Wonder Swan or something, um, or or some other like you know like the, of course, Square and uh, Nintendo had some sort of falling out, and so. Um, they weren't on speaking terms for a while, and uh, so SquareSoft took its uh, RPGs to the PlayStation, and I think they wanted to put their games on the popular Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, uh, but it was like Nintendo wouldn't allow them, right? So mm-hmm. uh, instead, uh, yeah, we got like remakes for the Wonders One. And so uh <laughs> once the, finally the, the the Cold War was over and the uh uh I think that Squaresoft uh, agreed to make like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles for the GameCube and things like that, then they were mm-hmm. allowed back in the, the Game Boy Clubhouse and so um we we got uh this remake of uh, the original NES game. Except that so so I think it is based on the Wonder Swan port. Uh, or, or remake, but they did make a few changes, or they 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 uh, took out a few options, and um, yeah, so so they improved a few things. They 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 did make it easier, so it's a little bit less grindy. Uh, you don't have to grind as much to to level up and to uh, get money. Uh, unfortunately, they did not reduce the number of uh, 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 random encounters. So ultimately, whenever you're trying to explore, you're still stopped in your tracks every few steps, and uh, it's kind of aggravating. So I, I feel like it's kind of a, it's it's it was a kind of good idea, I think, in my opinion, to to make it a little bit easier to take away the the, the grinding. Except that uh, they they could have gone all the way and maybe reduced the number of uh, random encounters and just. They, they they shouldn't have stopped halfway, uh, kind of uh, updating it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but also like the, the 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 translation was improved, and they they added a few things that were not there originally. Like there's a Sid reference uh, in in the remake that's definitely not in the original. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I wasn't sure if the the kind of the, the clarity of where you're supposed to go next came from this new version or not, but. Uh, yeah, so you're saying that the the original game was also pretty clear as to what you were supposed to do. Yeah, I would say so because, um, like at the beginning, the you you can't really go anywhere but to where you're supposed to go because like, the the first continent you're on, obviously, there's like two places to go. <laughs> right. So so that's easy enough, and then you're like, okay, well now here's the bridge, and then there's only two places to go there, and then when you get the boat, there really isn't a whole lot of places right. to go you're, either. You're in a sea that's closed, right? <laughs> like you can't really yeah, go exactly. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, uh, I find, and then as you get out, like, so when you get all past that and then you, you get out into the big world, uh, it's, I still find it's pretty clear, like, you'll go into a town and they'll tell you what's up and then you, you, it's pretty easy to figure out what's, what's to go from there. Um, I guess the only real part you, you might get lost is, um, like, event, uh, event, not too far, like, you can get the airship pretty early and that basically gives you access to the entire world. Mm Mm-hmm. But even then, like it's it still feels pretty clear what what you should be doing. Like there's always someone, like you said, there's always someone in a town somewhere where you're like, "Hey, you should be doing this," right? And, or or uh, later, and so you're like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, or later you should come back. Uh, something will happen, or 
Yeah. Yeah. But but you got to remember what they said, right? Like you got to remember like okay, yeah. the circle of sages uh said or or like this elf town, they they said come back when uh when you're further or something. I can't remember what they say, but they do there's definitely an indication that uh yeah, I'm not going to talk to you right now. Uh talk to me later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's uh yeah. Well, and then, yeah, you're saying earlier about the guy who does the translations. He's like, yeah, my brother, he does those translations. He's over in this town. Right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely, like, foreshadows what you what to do later. And so it's, yeah, so I find it's, it was very approachable. Like, I think these are all the things that made it so popular back in the day was that it's an RPG that you didn't have to kind of, like, you didn't need to have, like, D&D background to know how to play or... You didn't have to like this. Could have been your first RPG, and you could have figured it out. Yeah, in fact, I I, I think it was a lot of people's first RPG, and uh, yeah, they they became fans through playing this game. Yeah, um, I'm curious. Did you ever did you play Dragon Warrior when it was on NES? Yeah, that was one of the games uh, that I played at uh, friend's house, of course. So Dragon Warrior and uh, Final Fantasy, I played them both uh, originally, uh, in just like in bits and pieces, right? Like I. Yeah. I would uh, then go home because sometimes I had to go uh, have dinner with my folks, <laughs> and then uh, you know I would rush back to my friend and like he he'd make like some progress or not, but like if he made some progress, like he had to catch me up to like what was going on. But he knew even less English than I did, so basically <laughs> like for 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 a lot of that initial playthrough, I I kind of played a little bit and watched someone play it a little bit. Uh, I was lost most of the time, but yeah. So, so the, for both Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior, that was my experience. Yes. Yeah. Um, and in the Dawn of Souls version that you played, there's there's a few details. Let's say um, where uh, so when you're in a battle in the Dawn of Souls version, if you had a, um, one of your party members attack someone, or you would you would set them to attack someone, but the enemy was no longer there when it was their turn. Mm -hmm. Did they actually hit someone else, or did it just say uh, ineffective? Yeah, no, they they actually uh, that that's one of the things that they modernized, right? Like they if uh, if you have all your enemy uh, all your party hit the same enemy, and that enemy dies before all of your party has had their turn, uh, yeah, they just like automatically select another enemy. So uh, okay, yeah, so that's something that I like. <laughs> But I, yep. you know, it's funny because I, I did uh, for for this podcast. I, I did play. I did start playing the NES version of uh, Final Fantasy on my Wii U uh, because I had bought it on the Wii uh, shop, like through the Virtual Console, and uh, of course I transferred all my purchases to the Wii U. Um, and so, like in Wii mode on the Wii U, I played the VC game. Uh, so, so except that the uh, I've got a problem with my Wii U where I assume perhaps uh, like I've got some technical difficulties and I, I, I have to assume that's because I haven't been holding down reset while you know pressing the power button um, <laughs> that's that's the only thing that can explain it but I, I, I get uh, some sort of corrupted uh, memory message when I attempt to start the Wii uh, in Wii mode uh, on the Wii U and so Sometimes I can launch the Wii mode, sometimes I can't. Uh, most of the time I can't. And so I had to kind of give up playing through uh, more of the the, the, uh, the original NES game. Uh, but I, I did get all the way to the, the, the Marsh Cave. And uh, I was kind of surprised at how, how much I was enjoying it still. Because I, 
Last time I played the the um, the GBA version was just this last summer. It was not that long ago, yeah. and I figured like, well, I'm you know I'm just gonna check this out, but I'm probably not gonna get into it because uh, I've just played this literally, and this is just kind of a more ancient and less user friendly version of what I just played. But um, I gotta say that I I have more of an affinity for the original game sprites. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I just really like. Uh, that art and it's not that the gba game is bad looking but it's just not the same i know that uh you know when you get a class change and like your your white mage and your black mage kind of look badass um you (laughs) don't get that in the gba version like you basically get yeah like it's just uh, just look it up like you you get what did they go from white mage to white wizard, or is it the opposite? Yeah, yeah. The, no, that's right. Yeah, they start off as mages and then they become yeah, wizards. So, so and then the, the thief becomes a ninja. And... Right. So the black the, the black wizard remains just a, a dude in a cape with a, a hat. You know, like it, it's oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, it is really disappointing because I have a, yeah. yeah, I just I really enjoyed the original game's art. And um, yeah. so yeah, so I, I was really I found it very uh, very colorful, like it. Like that was the other part is like it, they're basic, but they like the colors kind of pop off the screen. Yeah, they do, in, and, in and there's just something about those sprites. I don't know. I, I uh, so Kazuko Shibuya is the woman who designed those sprites. Like we we hear a lot about uh, Yoshitaka Amano, who mm-hmm. kind of uh, made the the wispy kind of you know pencil drawings uh, that that inspired the art. But he's not the one who actually did the pixel art. Uh, she did, and. Uh, yeah. yeah, I really, I really like our work. I guess uh, those sprites are basically taken again, like reused in Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy, and uh, yeah, I like them there as well. Yeah, and I think she does a good job. Like, like you said, Amano. I, I guess if you're trying, if someone's trying to picture it now, just think of like um, the title screen cards of like Final Fantasy. Sure. Usually, like you have like the the word, and then there's like a funny picture, like a like yeah, wispy kind of old japanese art kind of character and i I feel like she does a good job of taking like the the weird design that he's made and then like making it practical yeah (laughs) in the game and it yeah it looks really good i gotta i I gotta plug uh uh it's a website where they translate um developer interviews uh and you know japanese developer interviews and so uh you can find a lot of stuff there that you wouldn't find normally uh elsewhere and there's a long 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 interview with uh this woman and she was at uh at squaresoft for a long time and she's had a hand in a lot of games and uh so yeah she talks about adapting the uh the the sketches that amano made um to the 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 nes and challenges that that came with that and uh it's really interesting and i i read part of it and then i saw that i had scrolled through maybe like five ten percent of the page and i was like okay (laughs) that's enough information for today yeah we'll have to put that in the episode notes uh for anyone who wants to to head on over there because yeah that that sounds interesting like it's always fun going back to some of those developer and getting a a better idea of like what was going on and and that was the one thing about squaresoft too is that i felt like a lot of those people just like they stayed around for a long time. Like they seem pretty content with what they're doing. Like when you look at the, like the first like seven games, it's usually the same names that you see for the most part. And then even now, like a lot, like a lot of the same guys are still there from years and years and years ago. Yeah. I'm sure they got stories to tell. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the only other version, like there, I own the, um, origins version for the PS one. Sure. 
And it sounds now that we've talked about dinosaurs because I've never played that I've never played dinosaurs, but it sounds a lot like the dinosaurs and the origins are pretty similar then, mm-hmm. um, because some of those changes are the same. And then yeah, the art, um, the art's like completely different. Like they redid all the sprites and all the backgrounds and stuff to make it more modern, like something that was kind of going on on the PS One at the time. I think they added in like videos as well and stuff. Right, changed yeah. a lot of one of the other things that I found funny about the original was. Um, so so the weapons and the armor never actually had values that you could see and understand like okay is like opal better than you know a steel or like it, it or, and then it was funny the when I just played I actually got three in a three swords in a row where it was like um I think one what were they there was like the dragon the uh I think it was like the wolf blade, blade and there's like three blades I I oh and coral and I'm like, okay, like, which one is the strongest? <laughs> like, I, I, there's nothing that, that actually indicates what it is, except um, if you try to sell it, you can see the values of it. And so right. I would just say, okay, well, since this sword is worth the most, it must be the strongest. <laughs> and that's basically how I ended up going through the game was, okay, I've got these new things. You kind of just assume, like, you get a new thing, it's probably better anyway. But when you're in, like, one dungeon and you get, like, three or four things at once, then you can at least go to the shop and be like, okay, well, which, you know, the shop owner is going to tell me which one's the best. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I, um, yeah, I I kind of like knowing what the stats are. I, I know that in, the, again, in Final Fantasy Legend 2, the, not only you had the maps for the early dungeons, but you had, like, lists of all the items in the game. And so you could see... Uh, what the stats were like you don't see them in game but you had the, the list if you bought the game and uh originally so yeah. maybe it was like that with the nes yeah. uh, final fantasy i have i have to check that because i i do have the original manual uh with the nes cartridge um so right. yeah so i'll have to i'll have to check that and find out if that's the case yeah um, but, but that's maybe something. it's so maybe it's been in there all along <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's something, of course, that they again fixed in the uh, the the remakes uh, in, in the GBA game. Like they, you can see what the the stats are. Um, the uh, I don't know. Moving away from the 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 kind of the items and stuff. Uh, one thing that struck me in my most recent replay of uh, Final Fantasy, which was the first time that I replayed it since uh, probably in like twenty years. What struck me is the number of Hayao Miyazaki references. Or just like stuff that's just plain cribbed from uh, Studio Ghibli movies. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, like the kind of the android or the robot that you find. Like the, there's this whole thing in Final Fantasy where um, to get to the Sky Fortress or whatever it's called originally in the GBA game, it was sky, called Sky Fortress. Um like you can talk to some people in the town and they tell you that, oh, like this dude says that he saw someone fall from the sky. What a bozo, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you talk to that dude and like, yeah, I did see someone fall from the sky. And then you go to this dungeon and you find a, a robot who's just like, I've waited so long <laughs> to speak to you. Uh, you must <laughs> yeah. have this and blah, blah, blah. And then so he gives you a, a cube, right, to, 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 yep. to get to the sky fortress and then... Uh, basically, if you try to talk to it again, uh, it's dead. It's it's inactive, <laughs> and so um, that's just, in my opinion, a, a clear reference to Castle in the Sky, which is a movie that would have come out the year before Final Fantasy came out, and uh, so definitely they would have seen it while they were working on it. Like the, the timeline matches, so yeah. I, I just um, 
to me, like it's just like it's clear cut. But when you consider that in other uh, Final Fantasy games or Squaresoft games, there's all sorts of other references. Like I, I did not remember this, but again, Finchikins on Twitter uh, posted some some pictures of uh, Final Fantasy Adventure um, on the Game Boy. Like there's a scene that's definitely from Castle in the Sky. The the whole opening of that movie is like this girl in an airship. Uh, she's got a pendant, and uh, these people are running after her. And then she she falls from the airship to the ground, and uh, that that's that's just like taken exactly like reproduced in, in Final Fantasy Adventure. So <laughs> you know, like the and there's no mistake. And also like of course the Shokabos are famous for just being these, you know, these, uh, these bird steeds from, uh, um, uh, Nausicaa, uh, in the Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. So, mm-hmm. Swarsoft, big Studio Ghibli fans, big Miyazaki fans, and they just cribbed the airships and the Shokabos and so many much, so, so many more things, uh, just like, yeah, like, okay, let's put that in our game. And so, yeah. yeah, because I had never seen those movies before. Uh, I, oh yeah, like these things are originals of Final Fantasy, but no. Yeah, that's the, the funny. Like I, I actually have been watching. It seems like Netflix has a lot more of those old anime movies lately. Sure. And I was watching there. There was uh, the the character designer from Xenoblade Chronicles Two. He had um, like his. He didn't actually do video games before that. He was doing. He had like a, a few anime movies. Mm-hmm. And I watched one that he had done one for. And you can see that Mithra was like completely like he just basically took a character he had made. And I, I the movie's name is escaping me right now, but. Like if you saw the the a picture of this girl from this movie, like the main heroine, and then you saw Mithra, you're like, you just cut and paste. Like it's almost identical. Like it was crazy. Like it's hilarious because I'm like, man, you like you're not uh, you don't you, you get into like a, uh, I guess like he he has this certain way of doing it and and sticking to it. I guess like the the outfits looked almost identical. It was like the same like big blonde hair and. Yeah, it was it was funny just to, to see like anime, watching anime now that I have access to it. Because, I mean, until Netflix, I really didn't have a whole lot of like, well, how do I find these things, you know, or the internet, I guess, too. Right. But now going back to it and, and seeing like how it influenced uh, the video games that I enjoy, it's 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 interesting. The other funny thing I found in the original Final Fantasy is in the Elf Town, um, there's a, there's a tombstone for Erdrick. Yep. And I and I was thinking like, is that a dra- uh, Dragon Quest reference? Like, I I meant to yep. look up like when when was one was made over the other, and it's like, are these guys like sticking it to Dragon Quest? Did well, Dragon actually, Quest like shortly before? Yeah, no, actually, in the original uh, Japanese game, uh, it's actually it says like here lies Link. Oh yeah, yeah. and Nintendo of America <laughs> was like, uh, yeah, we're not gonna let you. Uh, like, I can't remember <laughs> if they they published that that game, but. Uh, yeah, basically they changed the reference to uh, Dragon Warrior. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, like the, the the that's the thing that's kind of um, that you kind of tend to forget about the original Final Fantasy because the, the the series has gotten this reputation afterwards of being kind of emo and being kind of more that's yeah serious and kind of like trying to you know uh, jerk tears out of you. Um, but the original mm. game was quite funny. 
uh, I, I don't know about the original text, but like certainly the the Dawn of Souls version, like there's a uh, the whole town where you you get to go underwater, right? Like the, there's definitely uh, mermaids who now have legs, and uh, yeah. they just love to tell you about them. There's, I don't know. There's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you know, you talk to this uh, NPC, and she's just like, "Look at my legs. Look at them." Yeah. And it's just okay. It's a uh, yeah. Like there, there's kind of a, a whimsy to to Final Fantasy that uh, I kind of forget is there, um, yeah. and that I really enjoy. And that's that's one of the things you know, like we uh, we get uh, studios like Tokyo RPG Factory. Right, who uh, purport to to um, want to make old school RPGs, or like they 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 say that they're influenced by old school RPGs. Uh, but all all of their output so far has been dour as shit. Like it, it's yeah. been, you know, like the the um, what's the name of their first game? Um, oh, I am Satsuna. I am Satsuna. Yeah, like it's all like yeah. the snow all over the place. The the soundtrack is just piano which ends up kind of putting you in a certain headspace or at least it does for me uh and it's just uh, i'm sure that there are jokes in the the dialogue or some of the npcs say funny stuff but uh when i think about that game i think like yeah it was uh the story was kind of heavy and uh there was not a whole lot of uh humor to it not a whole lot of uh um yeah whimsy as i said yeah well, even their latest game, I'm trying to think of what it was. It was the action RPG that just came out a couple months ago Yeah, from them. Again, the, um, the name escapes me, but it's just yeah. like you're literally someone who um, deals with uh, death and grief. Yep. And, and Yeah, like you're traveling from like the life, the two, you're like, you can jump between the land of the living and dead and they're, the dead are like walking around and you're... Uh, I think there's like a pretty intense uh, the demo. I remember people being like the way the demo ends is is like super sad. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that you actually kill some some kid so that he can uh, join his parents or something. Yeah. Or you kill the yeah, parents like, or I, I don't know. I think it might it might might even be like a wife and husband. Like I think one dies and like the other one wants to join them. So you killed the the other spouse and yeah, it was really really tough. Like. Oh, well, and yeah, like the original uh, Final Fantasy is just like you've got like funny uh, dwarves that speak funny. Uh, you use TNT to uh, to blow up a piece of land uh, to, to kind <laughs> yeah. of escape the, 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 the sea that you're stuck in. Uh, Rally ho. Yeah. <laughs> you've got mermaids. <laughs> you've got you've got elves. Um, there's more of a, you know, whereas it's uh, Dungeons, and, Dungeons and Dragons inspiration more on a sleeve. Uh, but also, like, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's got funny moments. I, I, I just, uh, I played through the GBA game uh, when I was camping, and sometimes um, my, my girlfriend, Karen, she, she doesn't really, she doesn't play RPGs, she doesn't really care about old, old games, but I would show her, like, little bits of the dialogue, and she would be like, yeah, that's that's pretty damn funny. Um, and that's, um, yeah, that, that's kind of something that I forgot was there. But uh, So I, I was really glad to actually revisit... Uh, the, the original Final Fantasy because I yeah I saw I feel like I saw so much that completely went over my head the previous times that I played it and I think that's also partly why like even now like something like Dragon Quest Eleven where it's it's still like you still get the 3D look so it's modern but it's so steeped in tradition with like the turn based combat and stuff but they still they still have that comedy value like oh yeah it's it's like when you're playing you don't 
you know, you're not like you said, it's it's not trying to evoke, uh, you know, like pain or regret or like it's not trying to play with your emotions. It's just like here, have a fun time. Right. Yeah. There, there know, are here's some goofy characters. Have some fun. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm playing through Dragon Quest Eleven. There are a few moments where it's just like, ooh, like that's it's kind of more serious. But for the most part, yes, like it's kind of a, it's being a cartoon. Uh, you've got yeah. these exaggerated expressions. You've got these completely crazy situations. Uh, one of the the your party members is a, an old uh, lech, uh, basically. Like he's uh, yeah. he he subscribes to Ogler's Monthly uh, for the articles. <laughs> you know, um, and it's just yeah, it's uh, it's completely a cartoon of a game, and it's uh, it's pretty great. Yeah. So yeah, I hope to get. Uh... Uh, that's the things that I enjoyed about it. So hopefully, I- I'm glad they had the, like something like Tokyo RPG Factory exists because I-, I really want like the like the big studios to still want make these types of games. But yeah, I just I'm kind of with you. I wish they kind of would look back at these old ones and say like, okay, like the thing that's missing is the fun. Yeah. <laughs> so let like let's have some fun with the next one sort of thing and see how people take to it because because uh, I-, I-, I don't think they've been doing great like money wise like i don't think they're making a whole lot of sales and i think if they kind of push to that route they might see better results yeah i i, I don't know what's your opinion of uh octopath traveler but I, I i quite enjoyed it i think that they got um they got close to that at least with some of the uh storylines um what's her name tressa or tessa the uh yep. wannabe uh trader um she she's just got a fun personality and her story yeah. is yeah, just fun and of course you've got other characters who have these way more over the top like dramatic uh, <laughs> um stories that um yeah that are a little bit more uh, dour but uh yeah at least some of the characters in that game are are fun and light and funny yeah yeah, my my biggest complaint with that one was that the stories just didn't didn't intersect. It felt like playing eight separate games. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird game for sure. And then it's it and it wasn't really linear because it's like okay, you play a piece of like eight stories, and then and then after you've done eight, okay, now we're gonna start it back up again from the beginning and do another eight, and uh, and yeah, they it I did, it just didn't the flow wasn't working for me because it's like okay, I've got the first person, so now. So there's two of us and we go to the third place and then it felt like we were just picking somebody up but we weren't really it was like uh, okay like do your story and then let us know when you're ready to go <laughs> <laughs> like that there, there wasn't really like a, a um it, they, they just seemed so willing to band together without actually like knowing each other yeah <laughs> or having a rapport it just kind of seemed weird to me in that sense where it's like uh hey you look like you're up for an adventure so are we why don't you come with us yeah but but Everything else, like the combat system, I thought was a, a good blend of kind of the old school plus something modern to play with. Yeah, I, I, I just like the the look of it. the The, the battle system was pretty fun, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like the the story. Yeah, the, the the flow of the game didn't really work for me, but uh, for the most part, I, I think that they did more uh, good than than uh, than bad um and i definitely enjoy it more than the tokyo factory rpg uh games oh yeah yeah and i the the good thing though is i feel like um there's a good chance that it sold well enough they'll do a sequel and i think they'll be able to to look at what they did on the first one and say okay this is we need to improve or make the flow better or something like i think uh, there's so few weaknesses that it'll be easy for them to kind of zero in and say okay this is 
what people had a problem with and so that's this will what we need to focus on for the next one so i'm hopeful that there's like an octopath traveler 2 or whatever they want to call it i guess i don't know if they can just say two and go about their day but if if they stick with kind of that art direction and combat system but just make a, a better story i i think uh they could have a real hit on their hands yeah i really hope so um i guess to uh to finalize the final fantasy talk uh, it's, it's so tough to to really say what version to play because each one <laughs> has its strengths and weaknesses <laughs> Well, uh, I, like, honestly, I think I would recommend, like, if people are cu- curious about it, I would recommend the original, but uh, there's no good way to play the original. Like, you, you play it on the NES Classic, right? Well, try to find one in stores. Yeah. You can't. Uh, I yeah. played it on the virtual console. Uh, what is that? Yeah, like, they, they, <laughs> they, they closed the Wii shop. You can't actually go and buy it anymore. Um, so that was the basically the two main ways that you could play the original uh the the ROM of the original game. Um so basically I guess the the, the only way to, to, to play that easily now is uh, piracy. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, but yeah. I mean I, I wish if, that uh, if you can't buy it then well, I don't want to promote it. Yeah. But if you can't buy it, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. I I, um, I did buy uh, the Secret of Mana collection on the Switch, and I, I'm really hoping that at some point, Squaresoft is going to do something similar for Saga games and the, the Final Fantasy games, but yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah, I was kind of hoping, because Square's put like all the PS1 era games and then the PS2 era games, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so now it's time for... Give us, uh, you know, four and six, four, five and six, I guess. Yeah. Less, I don't know about five because I would like to play it. I just don't because it didn't really have a Western release. I don't know if they would do it. But even if it was just four and six, that'd be fine. And maybe just throw the first one in there. Like I I give them, I know they're going to charge 50 bucks for it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would drop it if it was for one, four and six. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that will be the best version if they can get it on Switch, but uh uh, but, but, but then yeah, you just know that. that they're gonna basically they're gonna give us a collection of the mobile ports or whatever, and it's gonna look ugly and it's gonna it's gonna be terrible. Yeah, that's the thing is if if they're gonna put Final Fantasy one on and think they're gonna give us the mobile port, then no dice, my money stays in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of pockets, uh, so for this week's uh, last call, we were going to, I know, again, this is kind of funny because this was a big Jordan thing, was um, the pocket, if you if you haven't seen it yet, the pocket analog um, was announced. Uh, I don't even remember. Is the company's called analog, isn't it? I can't I even remember what the company's so. name is. Yes. Yeah, so they announced it does look gorgeous. It's it's basically a remake of the Game Boy, mm-hmm. uh, but it plays Game Boy games, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, but it also plays like Lynx and Game Gear games. Well, with an adapter, like uh, yes. which they haven't really worked on yet. So they say eventually you're going to be able to play Game Gear games on that thing. But it's uh, yeah, right now it's mostly Game Boy games. Yeah, and it has a high-definition screen, and then I don't know if I'd ever use it, but it has a synthesizer as well to, like, to make your own uh, music and stuff. Uh, it's gorgeous, and it, if money was no object, I would get one, mm. but it is $199 US. 
Yeah, which is uh, translates in, yeah into a lot of Canadian dollars. And uh, no, I, I'm like you. I like it. I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's overkill. Like you said, the, yeah. the screen is beautiful. I forget what the resolution is, but it's way more than Game Boy, right? It's like uh, it's got yeah. a freaking uh, 1080p at least in there. But but it's yeah, the size it of a you know like it's what like two inches like okay sorry yeah. pocket is designed around a first in class three point five inches six hundred and fifteen ppi LCD with a sixteen hundred by fourteen forty resolution <laughs> pocket has ten times the resolution of an original Game Boy yeah it makes no freaking sense to me uh, so I, I just um, yeah it seems like overkill and if I had like basically I already have a um, like a GBA and a GBA SP, so those can serve me if I wanted to play original Game Boy games. And if I really wanted to, I don't know, to really expand the number of games that I can play on my GBA SP and GBA, uh, I would just get a basically a flashcard, which I know is like yeah, it's it's piracy, but I I, I feel like if I was gonna invest in like fake art fake hardware i don't know how else to call it like uh, off-brand hardware or you know like yeah I, I i think that that would make more sense to me to, to get some sort of flashcard where i can just be like okay i i can't really get my hands on i don't know like such and such like japanese rpg but uh i can download it and i can get like a translation patch and i can uh and this flashcard is going to let me play it on my GBA. And uh, I feel like that that's about like what I'm looking for. Like that's, that would help me uh, discover games that I've never played before that I never had the opportunity to play before. Whereas the uh, analog pocket uh, is, uh, is going to let me play the same old games. Uh, but I guess on a, a really a much better screen than those games deserve. I was actually hoping to get back into a bunch of old Game Boy titles that I have around, uh, but I did need to replace my Game Boy, and I was looking at the different options, and it seems for compatibility and just ease of use and for the uh, the best option, it just seemed to be the, the Game Boy Advance SP, and I guess uh, based on the fact that you have one, it seems that you agree. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, so that's what I used to play uh, some Final Fantasy Legend 2 before we did this recording, and uh, it does the job. I, uh, it, it's probably like the screen is um, not so great if you're playing it during the day, but uh, it's almost, uh, it's it's fall now, so the, the days are short. Uh, so I've been playing it, uh, it's dark outside and everything, so I, I'm not getting glare or anything. I can use the... Uh, I have a front lit model. I know that for for a short time they had the back lit model. That's um, anyway. We we don't have to get into that. But like the the absolute uh, best version of the GBA SP is quite rare and quite pricey. But you don't need it if you get just get a regular old GBA SP. Yeah, it's probably the best way to play uh, Game Boy games. I read something about that special version, and I was trying to track down one myself. Do, do you know what I mean? Like uh, the. Uh, there was like something that people dubbed the GBA SP Plus, yeah. but the packaging actually didn't say that. Oh, was it actually dubbed that? Because I remember reading, uh, I thought there was something to do with the model numbers or yeah. something. Yeah, you had to look at the model number. Yeah. And yeah, there's there's not that many out there in the wild, I don't think. And you're of course, you're going to have to shell out more money to, to, to get one. But uh, to, to play uh, yeah. original Game Boy games, the, the GBA SP 
does the job, you know, because you don't get color on that thing, right? So it doesn't really matter if the, the yeah. front lid screen doesn't give you the all the, uh, I don't know, if it's a little bit bluish or whatever, if it doesn't give you accurate colors, like, who cares? Yeah, well, I mean, if it's an old Game Boy, it was just green anyway. Yeah, exactly. And then it was barely green when I used to have to play with my Game Boy Light with the, that great big uh, monstrosity that I had on top of my original Game Boy. <laughs> Yeah, because they didn't have lights on buses back in back when I was young, <laughs> so that yeah. was that was the only way I could play my Game Boy on the bus. I I, I did have the uh, the the thing with the uh, the light and the um, the magnifying uh, glass, the magnifying glass, and it yeah. was junk. The light was not, yeah, it was not strong enough to actually see well. And no, uh, and I the one I had used four double I think it was four AA batteries potentially. Or four AAA batteries. It used it used a lot. I yeah. can't remember. I just remember a great big box on top of the Game Boy that housed the batteries. So yeah, it was really bad. So I, I yeah. just I didn't bother with it, and I played with you know I I knew the best lighting in the house. Uh, you know I had my spot where I could be standing next to the best lamp in the house, and uh, that's where I would play Game Boy. Yeah. God, the things that we put up with back in the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the GBASP will let you uh, play games in the dark without the, you know, the, the the full power of the sun behind you or like a really, really good <laughs> halogen lamp. So uh, you're good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, w- I would agree. That was, um, I-, I still need to, to find one. I've been trolling the local uh, retro game stores trying to pick up an SP and uh, no luck yet, but I'm I'm still, I'm keeping an eye out. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, I think save some money and because i if i recall i i even think like the the sp was only it was a hundred dollars or less i think when i had looked into it um right i think they were selling them for like 70 or 80 bucks when when they had them so uh that is considerably less than uh 199 plus uh some atrocious exchange rate so right <laughs> so yeah so i guess i guess that's how we'll end last call is uh don't buy don't don't Spend your money on the analog. Just just uh, pick up an SP and be happy. Put that money towards something else. Nice. All right. Well, I want to thank you uh, very much, Guillaume, for joining us uh, on the Thirsty Mage tonight. And sorry to Jordan, who uh, unfortunately uh, was uh, not feeling well enough to uh, defend his uh, Legend of, or Zelda Two. <laughs> he'll have to he'll have to uh, retroactively uh, defend it in a future episode, I guess. And uh, thank you again for the recommendation on the Legend Final Fantasy Legend Two. It was uh, I'm ha- I'm enjoying it so far, and I'm looking forward to finishing it. So yeah, I- I'm glad that uh, this gave me the kick I needed to actually uh, start playing the copy that uh, yeah my girlfriend got me like a few years ago, and I I just uh, I didn't have the incentive to to actually play through it. But uh, now that I've started it, yeah, I want to see it through. And as you said, like it's a really short game, so I, I shouldn't have too much problem. Yeah, yeah, and then oh, and we have uh, a Kawazu uh, episode coming up in a few weeks, so we'll give you give you a head start on that if uh, to get into the Kawazu uh, discussion. <laughs> Everything's coming up Kawazu, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna it's gonna be all Kawazu on the uh, on the Switch soon when all those Saga games start start coming to raining from the sky in end of November, early December, so. I'm I'm hoping uh, I know there was three of them that were all coming out at once and I I jumped on Scarlet Grace so I'm hoping I made the right decision. I'll be able to let everybody know in a few weeks so. Yeah. Make sure to listen to Guillaume on Radio Free Nintendo each Sunday when a new episode is posted to your podcast player of choice. If you have a game or last call topic you'd like to hear discussed, please email me at david@thethirstymage.com. At
And thanks to all for listening, and we'll see everyone back at the pub. Bye, everybody. Bye.